So greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episodic discussion. This is an episodic discussion of the evil within. I have my ensemble cast here, which is short today, but I have Mr. Vile Devil Dom. So could you introduce yourself, good sir? Hey, how's it going? Uh, if anybody has been following me for the longest time, even before TCP, like before I joined, uh, you would have known that I was heavily talking about this game. Uh, like I would show off the images. I would talk about like some of the other stuff that they were talking about in the trailers and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I did a lot of the Vulpin content, so I'm pretty happy to talk about it again. Uh, and looking forward to this discussion. Next, we have Mr. Brandon Williams. Hey, everybody. I'm evil. I'm dead. I'm alive. Same time, you know, like person X. And he's also black, so that's an important yes. detail. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Hi, I'm black. <laughs> I'm saying that for the end. No. Oh. oh also I'm just an FYI, the sun fears me. Hashtag no summer. Alright, I'm good. Okay, and um I enabled my noise gate and I have a fucking aircraft outside. So my name is Renegade Alperdiff and I'm going to be abducted by aliens. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, no, I kid. Uh, so we're going to hop right into these questions here and, uh, we're going to start with number one. What do you know about the evil within? Also, what is your experience with the game overall? Uh, overall, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, a lot of people I know were kind of mixed about it, but I think that it had that certain craft of horror and suspense. The only thing I really didn't like about this game is the fact that, uh, it got really action heavy. Uh, to the point of complete ad nauseum with the whole turret section, with the whole section where you have to fight hordes of enemies with guns. Uh, so it got a little bit ridiculous like in the later chapters, but for the stealth sections, they felt really visceral and intense. Um, and that's one of the things I loved. I think also the atmosphere is just very spot on, very good. Um, very rusty, nasty looking environments along with the enemies. It just sort of fits that whole gritty and grimy feel of uh, you know you're going to be attacked no matter where you turn. So I really enjoyed that concept as well. Um, and yeah, that's my experience with the game. I think I picked it up uh, as soon as it was about to hit launch because uh, Shinji Mikami was behind this game. And that is run that is one of the factors of why I picked this up was because the director of Resident Evil was behind this whole concept. Uh, so for me, I've known about this game since Project Y, and I pretty much kept tabs on it since then, um, mostly because of Shinji Mikami, and it was like, hey, you know, the creator of Resident Evil uh, is working on a new horror game, so it's like, okay, cool, like, I could I can look into this, like, let's see what he can do now, like, you know, it's been a while since he's uh, done anything, like, major like that. I think he had done uh, RE4 and then... Uh, after that, he did uh, Vanquish, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's what really got my interest. And, uh, 
you know, I was uh, really uh, looking forward to the game, just kind of seeing how it progressed over time. Um, I would say I enjoyed the game overall, um, but, you know, I am somewhat disappointed in it because there were a lot of things that they didn't really uh, follow through with as far as like some of the concepts and what they had promised uh, for the, you know, as they were promoting the game and whatnot. Um, and there were just some things that could have been tackled a lot better, but we'll get into that uh, more in depth as we progress through the uh, document. But overall, I would say, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. Um, the DLC meh uh but you know still would recommend playing it because of some of the uh, story elements behind all of it uh but yeah just overall i would say it's a pretty good game all right so how i got into it oh the first time i guess i've technically heard of it is from apple mega sin video when he yeah. brought up that Sage mccoy was doing a new um new horror game so that's how like since then i heard about it so um, I don't know in the, between the lines how, how I follow it from um, point A to point B to its launch though, but I did play the demo like a couple months afterwards on PC because you know, uh, I remember that you could play the first four chapters for free, free of charge, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't die surprisingly, but that the best thing that got me was the um, whole the. Easter egg from Resident Evil One, but I'm sure that's another question. But uh, um, yeah, I haven't I played. Think I did, actually, I don't think I added that in. You didn't? Oh well. Well, I'd say this now. The best part about Evil Within was the Resident Evil One Easter egg. You mean when the guy really was getting his head? Everybody. You mean when the guy was getting his head eaten by like the zombie-like creature and his head fell yeah, off? Yeah, in Chapter Two. Oh yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, that's not the only Resident Evil. Resident Evil 1 Easter egg, there's also the one where it's like um, when Sebastian's coming up to the mansion and he's like, mm -hmm. he's like, this place seems familiar, like I've been here before, but I, I can't remember, you know, and and then you go inside and it's, you know, it's kind of like, like Resident Evil 1. Oh, it's a, it's a mansion, you know, it, it kind of like that. Don't open that door. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> don't, don't open know. that door with my mitten hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, really quick before we progress, though, I don't, I don't. There's another uh, thing that I, I probably forgot to mention. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on? Um, you know what? You know what? That is a question. Never mind. Never mind. We'll get to it. It's uh, relating to the uh, graphics engine. But I'll take number two, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, the monster designs from the game range from very odd to very grotesque. In your opinion, which monster design was the best overall? Um, for me, I would have to say trauma is my favorite one. Uh, trauma is the one that has like the wooden, like two by four or whatever, like nailed down to his back or whatever. And he's got like the claw on the end. Uh, and the reason why I like that, uh, that particular design is, uh, not, not because of the fact that the fight is also very intense with those particular enemies, but like the, the way that they name the enemy and the way that it just kind of looks is very accurate, I would say. Because, like, there comes a, a point where you get to its second phase and it rips off that particular, like, wooden plank off of its back just so it can drag the, like, metal claws across the ground. 
and you know i feel like that's pretty accurate you know it's like you know this this monster whatever it was before it was going through a lot of trauma and it's causing itself to have more trauma as it's you know ripping itself apart and in you know trying to kill you and whatnot hmm. i think for me personally one boss well there's two bosses that i really enjoy and number one is rebone lore the fact that she looks like she looks like something straight out of like the ring and her body is just absolutely grotesque i i like the fact that um she chases you and you have to like set her on fire and everything uh so there's some sort of element of uh i, I don't I, I don't mean to interrupt mm -hmm. but um did you know that she was actually originally going to be a saleswoman in uh some of the concepts oh no no i so didn't actually she, yeah she was gonna be kind of like the salesman she was gonna uh from resident evil 4 she was gonna carry like a suitcase and like give you like the upgrades and whatnot i would have been kind of you know what i think maybe they could have did a twist on that where it's like there's this character that you trust because uh there's that whole uh dynamic of when you're in the dream world or whatever it is and there's that lady that's always there that gives you like all your weapons and stuff where you can open it uh you can open the lockers so i'm surprised they didn't do a sort of oh well she's helping you now but now she's a monster so uh, i'm surprised they didn't stick to that premise to be honest yeah and see that's also kind of the reason why and i know we're diverging a bit but it's also kind of the reason why i really want to do a cutting room floor for this game because there's so much that they could have done and uh there's a lot in concept art that uh you know i could probably bring up and uh you know tell you guys about uh, afterwards but uh, go on and continue I, I apologize for interrupting oh no it's fine i think that uh like i said laura she's just great in terms of design she looks like something straight out of the ring uh she looks absolutely disgusting especially her death animations as well um some pretty sick stuff there and i really like the final balls design because it's just so it's like a mountain of complete and utter abhorrence. It's absolutely ridiculous how the final boss looks. Um, and I'm sure everyone knows what it is. I mean, I'm sure uh, this is going to be a spoiler cast as well. So it's Mr. Ruvik, and he's all, like, deformed and just grotesque, and he's this well, giant brain. Well, is it Ruvik? That, that's the question. Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing. Uh, well, 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 well get into the story in a bit but yeah yeah, that's another thing that is uh definitely more mindfuckery than usual but uh again i liked how the final boss was designed uh with the way of how he was just this mountain of abhorrent mess and uh mass and it was absolutely oh he looks disgusting to look at so i'm kind of glad that they made the creature design uh just look like it's something that is not of this world uh that's what a lot of uh horror games tend to do these days they tend to focus on more of the human element uh like re7 is doing like i know that's another story but i don't like the whole humanoid hillbilly aspect to uh how some of the monsters look there compared to these creatures that look absolutely disgusting yeehaw. yeah yeehaw uh welcome to the family son so now it's your turn mr <laughs> brandon what do you think about the best monsters in the game Truth be told, I actually don't have a favorite um, design. Like, I guess the closest thing to a favorite design in the game is probably Rubik, uh, the whole white robe and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I never thought about having an actual favorite um, monster design. None of them actually stand out to me. I think the, um, what monster is that in the car park? The uh, anagram or whatever it's called? I think yeah. that monster was well animated. 
You're talking, well, it's also the final boss. I think that's what I call it. It's that whole amalgamation of like different bodies and whatnot, right? Oh, yeah. The amalgamation. Or are you talking about the water monster? Because, well, I think it's also that too, but it takes up different forms. Um, oh, yeah. Well, the one, I, I think the final boss looks great. And the one that was in the car park where he like sort of pins you down on the car a little bit and you sort of have to like run into these rooms and uh, get stuff out of them before he. It's just, it's just an earlier form of it. Yeah, that that looks good too because it's just very well animated how fast it is, but how big it is as well. Uh so kind of like Sadler with the eye too. Yeah, what it... Oh yeah, and when the um I think there's a instant death movie has where he turns like purple and you have to sort of run away from him or you die instantly. Uh mm-hmm. I, I like that little design as well. It gives you um some tension to worry about as well as the color scheme being uh something that is a an immediate danger, I guess, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go off of what uh, Brandon was saying, because uh, all of the characters in the co- concept art, um, and and I really got to go back to that art book, but uh, the all of them had, like, various different colors and whatnot to their, like, clothing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And at one point, yeah. uh, Ruvik had, like, blood-red robes uh, in, in various different shades and whatnot. Some of them were even, like, a, a almost like a mustard yellow, like it was, you know, rotting clothes or whatnot, or they're very dirty and whatnot. So he was always supposed to look very dirty, so I wonder why they decided to go with white instead of, like, maybe, like, blood-red or something, you know? Maybe, isn't the whole um, stick behind uh, a white color, like, that represents purity, uh, something being corrupted, I guess? I don't know. It it could have some meaning behind it, because all the enemies in the Evil Within, they have that sort of significance uh, where it's always a backstory, so that's one of the things that I always look forward to in the files itself uh, when they talked about the monsters and creatures and concepts. Yeah. So I guess we can move on. Now, truth be told, um, the designs and the concept art are better than the actual game, the ones in the game, in my opinion, because they had a lot of them that they didn't even use. Not even as a lot of costumes for the characters. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of uh, enemy designs. Some of them they did make their way into the DLC, like um, the one Thanks. with like the light, light for a head or whatever. I forget what it's called. I think it's called just light head. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so, some of those like that, and they had like one where it was like a beekeeper, and they would use bees to attack you and whatnot. And they had they had a lot of grotesque stuff, and and you know, um, yeah, that is here. Yeah, just um, um, I like uh, that design. Look at them, chat. Um, these designs right here, I like them. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those enemies are still in the game. They just don't look like that in the official build. Yeah, like, that design looks fantastic. It looks like a bunch of hell gas came from the dead. Yeah. And and that was another thing, too. I remember people were worried about... I know this is diverging a little bit, but people were worried about the game, like, having enemies with guns. Um, but I mean, they were so few and far between, and I thought it was, you know, it wasn't really a big deal, um, all that much, because most of the enemies were just using knives or they were grabbing you for the most part. The only section I could say I really didn't like with guns was the turret section. It was just, it was just too much chaos on screen for his own good with the dynamite and the bow and arrow guys and the turrets. So, um, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you scroll up, Brandon just pulled up some of those uh, designs for Rubik. Um, so you can see kind of like what he had. Like, I, I forgot that he was even supposed to have like a mask over his face at one point, too. 
Oh, that reminds me a lot of the Regent of the Mask in Ninja Gaiden 3, which that would have been kind of creepy to be honest. Maybe have like one point where Sebastian knocks off his mask and you can see his face all deformed and everything because uh, Ruvik, without the mask, you can tell he's been like experimented on the more you look at like his head. So yeah, that would have been quite interesting to see if they did something like that in the cutscenes. Yeah, like I feel like maybe revealing... Uh... I feel like they might have revealed Rubik a little bit too soon. Maybe they could have concealed his face and then just kind of played along with like, who is this character? And then you just kind of discover it over time. Yeah. Um, Another thing, um, I know we really diverged, but another thing that they were actually supposed to do, uh, Rubik was supposed to pop up in like sections of the game. It wasn't just supposed to be a chapter nine sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, He was going to be going around and, uh, like popping up randomly, you know, and, and chasing you down and whatnot. And that was supposed to be a thing. And they never did that. And I think that would have been also great because it would have been like sort of like a nemesis sort of feel or vibe where it's like, you never know when this guy is going to come up. You didn't never know at what corner he's going to be around. But once he's there, he's going to start chasing you and you got to run like hell. Yep, pretty much. Dom took my answer. So I I got to go with that. Um, I think it's the image though. Look on how many things um, Julie Kidman had on one page, or technically two, on this rare. It, yeah, it's two. It's two. Oh, I mean, like, oh, the... on this image alone. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's a lot of designs. Yeah, that. And we shouldn't diverge as much as I would love to sit here and talk about the concept art and whatnot. Oh, I can edit all so, this in the podcast so that people can see what we're talking about. So this is good, actually. This is very good. Yeah, so um, definitely, definitely, like, if it's possible, we really, really should do a, a, a cutting room floor on it because I think we can get a very interesting discussion on on uh, what they cut out from the game because there was so much that uh, they could have used. Yeah, yeah, we might have to do that, but uh, I guess we can move on to the next question. Number yeah, three. I'll, I'll uh, take on number three. All right, if you don't mind. Uh, in the game's concept art, there were there was a bigger focus on Beacon Met- Mental Hospital as well as traveling throughout the game's environments. In both of these concepts, the environments were ranged. Uh, they they ranged from being claustrophobic and dreadful to very open and void of any signs of life. What are your thoughts on the environments in the official build, and would you have preferred something? Would you have preferred the uh, concepts ending up in the official build of the game? Uh, and to kind of give you an example, uh, I left some concept art, like you know, some of like the open stuff, and then uh, you know, like some of the more claustrophobic stuff. There was, I think, they were supposed to have a castle like RE4 as well at one point. No. The concept art that they have here is freaking fantastic. This is why I'm a big fan of concept art in general, because it looks so nice and detailed when you see it um, during its development stages. Mm-hmm. So has these two concept start, start, uh, sorry, concept stages been used in the game? Because I don't remember these two areas. No. No, oh. they don't exist. Um, I mean, this they could might have, have like used... Resident Evil 4. They... The top image. More than likely, they they used assets from this. Like I think they might have used the house, uh, in in the early like stages, and like they definitely used these traps in in this concept art. But a lot of this did not make it into the the official build. 
Yeah, I was gonna say they definitely use these uh, ceilings, these uh, spike ceilings that people will see in the video uh, because I'm gonna edit it in, but uh, these spike ceilings I do remember in a certain chapter. As for this sort of hut uh, image right here, I do not remember this at all. This is a shame that this got scrapped because this looks like it could have been like a very good stealth level um, if done right. Yeah, and and I'm I'm dropping in some of some more concept art here since since we're kind of talking about it. Like as you can see, there's more like focus on like the mental hospital, like what you would see. Like you know, there's a guy getting per surgery performed on him, and then there's like this you know very dead uh, like mansion over here. Like nothing's around here; it's just random stuff. Um, you know, and and stuff like that I think would have been better. Um, and the traveling aspect would have been very nice to see because i mean um you know and then you also have the uh the uh mental hospital and whatnot but the traveling aspect i feel as though would have been one of the greatest aspects because it would have kind of settled you into like different areas and maybe those areas have like some kind of uh like major backstory you know uh to like some of the characters or some of the monsters that you encounter you know um could a sequel maybe improve on that uh absolutely um, but I think that like for now, um, you know, with the official build, I, I like some of the areas that we go through, but I would have loved to have gone through all the stuff that they had in the concept art because it just, it was a lot more interesting in my opinion. It seems yeah, like, like a RE4 effect where, you know, the concepts are a lot more interesting than some of the stuff we already got. Yeah, like like even Brandon just put up an image, um, you know, of the village. Like the village was supposed to be a lot more expansive. Like you don't even like what I just posted up here. Like you don't even get to see that, uh, and that would have been a lot more interesting. Like if you had like branching paths to go through and whatnot, and um, you know, may, potentially even like having some form of backtracking where like if you take a specific path, you can go through another portion of the story. But if you don't uh you can take the other path and that'll take you to a, a completely different point you know and stuff like that i think it would have been very uh very interesting to kind of come across um but yeah it, it was very very interesting like here they even show you like a kind of like an older self settlement and whatnot but uh yeah i think that overall uh it would have been just kind of nice to uh see all this stuff kind of come to life you know yeah, like, I, I think that personally, um, like, some of the concepts for certain games, because I know, like, Mikami, he likes to take ideas that he had originally and put them to sequels. So if he does a sequel, then maybe I would like to see some of this stuff implemented. Um, the problem is, is Mikami going to be on the production team after this? I know that's a question later, but um, it sort of begs the question of if he's still going to be there or not. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I would like to see these concepts in action because uh, some of these backgrounds or whatever, and I feel as though the village ended too quickly. Like, I think two chapters and it was done. So um, they could have used that concept to sort of expand it more, maybe into a third level. But I guess they cut this out because of time constraints. Um, so I like before. Yeah. Like kinda... The village area cut out like way too early. Yeah, once you go back, you come in, you go back, and then that's about it. You don't go in there anymore after you get the main key. Uh, so it feels as though they were rushed on that. I feel like um, 
you know, they were also talking about, uh, I don't think we really talked about this, but there was supposed to be a sense of like not ever knowing when you would be in the real world and when you were in the, uh, in the stem, uh, which is uh, basically whenever you're hooked up to the host's brain, uh, which is kind of, you know, very like elaborate and whatnot. Uh, I think that what they really should have done was uh, like maybe like, have it like have the game like switch between like oh maybe you're in the city for a little bit but then all of a sudden you know um not 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 all of a sudden but like when you're in the um in the mental hospital you end up in in this like village or whatever and you go through this village and then once you get pulled back into the quote-unquote real world and go through the city a little bit uh you end up in like the castle or whatever you know And, and stuff like that would have been a lot more interesting what about you, Brandon? Uh, my thoughts about this, honestly, looking at the concept art, I feel like Evil Within in concept is better than the actual game, despite the game not being bad. Just some of the ideas I had in the game, I wish it could have been implemented more in some of the areas, because this these areas look fantastic in this concept art. So for them not to use it, though, it's kind of like disheartening, because it looks um, really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the stuff in uh, Project Zway also looked really fucking just dark and scary and atmospheric which they didn't use um in some sections of evil within i i don't know exactly which sections they used that was influenced by that project uh of the initial beginning but it's unfortunate they didn't use some of the stuff here so uh hopefully i don't i don't think they used much because you were actually gonna go through like a shipyard too uh in very very early concepts really that kind of would have been interesting and they, um, the very first concept art that they showed off, uh, it was like a stairway, uh, that led from like, like a farm or whatever, I think, or like a lab, but you would end up in a farm and then you would see like a shipyard and whatnot. Uh, so it was very like weird, you know, it was supposed to feel like a, a mismatch of like, you know, jumbled up, like a jumbled up mess, you know, like, like incomplete, uh, memories almost because they kind of they kind of talk about that in the game but they don't really experiment with it too much so um you know it it was really supposed to play with your expectations like you weren't supposed to know when you're switching in between areas and whatnot it was just supposed to kind of seamlessly transition that kind of would have coordinated into what you were talking about earlier with the whole you don't know the stem from reality so um that shipyard level could have just bended your mind and expectations and uh, maybe it could have played a lot on like what enemies were real and what enemies were fake. Yeah, and 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 kind of going back to this older concept uh, art that Brandon put up, where it's Sebastian and you kind of see his other designs and whatnot. Uh, it, it does look like at one point he's in like a restraint jacket and whatnot. Uh, so it's like I think it also would have played along with the fact that maybe he was a mental patient or whatnot, you know, and like maybe you just didn't know maybe this was all just kind of going inside his head and he's just you know losing his mind i'm surprised that would have been more interesting i'm surprised that wasn't a deeper concept considering the fact that the upgrade system is literally like uh sebastian and a like uh sort of vice on his head he's getting like shocked so i'm surprised he doesn't think he's crazy um more often in the game than i would have liked it would have uh had a nice play on more psychological horror but we didn't get that, unfortunately. You just have this really mind-fuck ending uh, that we're going to get to later. So I do yeah. think we need to move on to the next one. Alrighty. So uh, you want to take the number four? 
Oh, sure, no problem. In your opinion, what improvements could Tango Gameworks make for a potential sequel? Um, well, I guess I can lift off like a few bullet points because uh, number one is the fact that they need to fix the aiming. The aiming, uh, it's not really that great because it's so close and zoomed in. Um, so they need to fix the aiming and I guess uh, some of the movements are a bit stiff, so maybe some better animations. Uh, I suggested like maybe they should update the engine because the animations are just very stiff when running and uh, it doesn't feel too great and natural as something I will see in maybe Uncharted or uh, Last of Us. So I think that maybe more animations of the character touching stuff, interacting with the environment, um, that will get better. Uh, if they implemented that also, I guess maybe this is a small gripe, but the Monsters in particular being a little bit too cheap. I think they need to tone down the uh, one-hit kills as well because it started to get a little bit annoying later on in the chapters when you're Not really knowing what you're supposed to do and you get one hit kill. very uh, very grab-heavy too. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's like you get grabbed once and at least in RE4 um, If you get grabbed you have the opportunity to get out of it at certain cases Not all the time, but still like that chance to escape and maybe uh, Evade the creatures will be a lot more better I will say they need to give the gameplay a lot more defense than offense all the time because uh, You're gonna want to escape those hurry situations Yeah um, For me, I think there, there's several improvements that could be made. Uh, for one, I really don't like the the health system in the game. Um, I don't mind the like slight health regen that they do, where it's like you kind of recover some, so that way you can start running again. Uh, that's not too bad, but uh, the health items that you get, right? Um, you get, uh, you can upgrade the potency of the the health upgrades. And then you get like the big health packs. Um, the one big issue that I had with um, what was it with the um, with the regular uh, health syringes or whatever? I feel as though they should have had maybe like kind of like a uh, Resident Evil sort of thing. Like maybe there were certain uh, ailments that could get you or whatever. So that way you had to combine syringes and combine chemicals and whatnot. I feel like that, that would have been a... sense because uh, it has a theme of a mental hospital and whatnot. You're dealing with, you're dealing with like a psychological thing. So like imagine like taking what type of medicine you would see in like typical hospitals and whatnot, mixing them together and I'm um, just injecting inside you. Well, yeah, I mean, in earlier concepts too, they had um, multiple syringes. Um, they had a blue, green, and a separate red syringe. Those were all supposed to be like, I don't know if they were going to use them as separate things or whatnot, but I think that would have been a little bit more interesting, at least like as far as like the potency is concerned for the syringes. Like not even if it's not like the ail ailment statuses and whatnot, uh, like the potency for those syringes, uh, I feel as though they should like combine them. So that way, like if you need to use more than one or whatnot, uh, or you need like a quote unquote stronger dose, you could. They have the, um, what is it, the medikits or whatever, which disorientates you. And I found like that was kind of like an interesting concept where like you could use it, but depending on when you use it, that could screw you over because an enemy can just come up to you when you're very, you know, um, you know, 
yeah, when you're dazed and in, uh, vulnerable to attacks and whatnot. Uh, that was an interesting concept, but I feel as though like that shouldn't be the only form of health. And I also really, really hated the fact that after you've completed the game and after you've used up every single one, you lose out on all of those. You can't get them ever again. And I, I understand that they're me more meant for health upgrades, but I would have liked, I would have liked to have um, seen something where there's like a full health up, uh, full health heal sort of thing. Uh, the aiming, like Ren said, that that's definitely needs to be fixed. The field of view seriously needs to be fixed because the camera can screw you over at at certain points of the game. Um, what else? Uh, 60 frames per second. That is a must. 30 frames per second for that game was absolutely awful. I That was very inexcusable because it. there were times where the game would drop for me. My first playthrough, I had no drops, but like as I would play the game, more drops would happen more frequently, especially when the enemy count started to increase. Um, and I think that... The other thing that I would really like is um, definitely more unlocks, like for the game, because the unlocks that you get they weren't great. Like all you get is two extra weapons, and yeah, sure they're overpowered as shit. But I would have really liked to have seen like maybe uh, other, not necessarily like other weapons, but like other costumes perhaps, or maybe like uh, like skins to where you can play as another character or whatnot. Uh, if there is no, like, second character to play as, I think that would have been just a lot better, in my opinion. Also, yeah. the, sticking with the concepts, too, like, that is a must, in my opinion, but, yeah. Yeah, like, um, I don't know, I don't know what their logic was with the whole uh, letterboxing 30 FPS <laughs> thing. I mean, uh, obviously, 60 is better, obviously, full screen is better, so... That's stuff they need to think about for the sequel. Like, I remember someone made a pretty good argument saying that the letterboxing actually obscured his vision when he was playing The Evil Within, so he couldn't see the traps on the floor, and this was vital for him playing on the Kubu mode. Um, so, stuff like this hindering the player because of a design choice? Yeah, that stuff needs Cinematic. to be cut out. I think that's what they, they had said, too, was that... Um... What was it? They did the letterboxing so that way you wouldn't see the traps and whatnot during the promotion for the game. Yeah, but um, this thing's annoying. And I mean, for me, the letterboxing wasn't a huge deal, but it was a lot nicer to play the game without it. Although on the console port for... I, I played the PS4 version. I don't know how it's like on PS3 and 360, but on PS4, once you remove the letterboxing, uh, the frame rate can dip a little bit more because of that. Like, the last-gen ports were uh, very non-detailed uh, because I saw someone playing them in a playthrough and Sebastian did not look as detailed. I think you could tell because the rain effects in the first level are really good-looking in the PS4 version, but the PS3 version does not have those, so uh, it's just less detailed. Yeah, somebody described the uh, the graphics of the PS3 version <clears throat> to me as like looking like a PS2 game. Um, yeah. I would personally describe the PS4 version almost like a like mid to late PS4 game because, and we'll get into the engine. But if you don't know about the engine that they use, it's a modified version of uh, ID Tech Five, and uh, basically this is the engine that they use for like the Fallout games and whatnot. Um, more or less, the game uh, 
it I wouldn't say it looks awful, you know, like people say it looks abysmal. I, I would disagree with that, but um yeah, you know, it just doesn't look too great, you know. And the animation is kind of stiff. That's about it. Otherwise, I think they can build on this engine, or if they went to like Id Tech Six, then uh, it will but, look pretty good. Right, but we'll we'll get to that. Brandon wanted to say something. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. For the most part, the thing I want them to stick with is the original vision with the concepts, because they have a lot of concepts that they not use. From costumes to actual levels to enemy designs, they should like have a middle ground for those concepts because the ones that they have and they have in the game, in my opinion, aren't as good as what they got um, in their, um, an art book, for example. And as far as the gameplay fixes, well, for starters, I agree on what you guys said, like fix the aiming, get rid of the line boxing, 68 FPS, which I did play in 68 FPS, and it's a much, much more improvement over 30. Yeah. No, it's not. Third is not good. Something else I wanted to brought up, but I actually kind of forgot until you got talking. Oh no, it's fine. It happens. Uh, uh far come back to me next. Uh, if it so comes back to you, just let us know. So you want to take on uh, the next question, then, Brandon? Uh, sure. It was it number five? Number uh, yeah, number five. Sorry, I was I was already looking. Okay. At see the main storyline. Of with Evil Within was more combat heavy, while Kitman DLC chapters were more stealth with little combat and no upgrades. Well, that sucks. Which did you prefer in terms of playstyle? Okay, I'm gonna go first on this one real quick. For starters, uh, I'd rather take the more combat heavy because I did see a full let's play of um, the Kitman DLCs. I did not know about the no upgrade thing, but Kitman for starters can't take a hit. And she has very weak stamina. She fought. Uh, like, Evil Within has that thing where, like, the, like the male and female characters have obvious gender differences. I know it sounds weird. Like in Resident Evil One, for example, Chris can take a hit, but Jill can't. Jill's slightly faster, but Chris isn't. You know that type of thing. So, uh, I and Resident Evil Four, Ada can take a hit for nothing. So I want them if they actually. Oh, sorry, I'm going off. I do apologize for that, but the point is, though, I prefer the main storyline for people them being more combat-focused because it feels more balanced compared to the stealth and um, the um, the upgrading thing for Kidman. I would say, like, for me, I would also have to agree with Brandon. Like, I would have preferred, like, the upgrade thing uh, just because, like, like, I just didn't really like the fact that I went around with Kidman for, like, the first chapter. I don't think you get a gun until the very end. And it just it's just not fun. You know, like, it's just stealth. Uh, I did like the fact that they, you know, brought back some of the enemies from the concept art. Um, and that they kind of improved the stealth in the DLC. But, like, for Kidman in particular, I just would have liked to have had some of the things that I had in the main game. You know, maybe... Maybe you could have given stuff that, uh, like, like Brandon was saying, like there are certain advantages that each character has and disadvantages that each character has. But maybe they could have done like, like character specific upgrades. You know, I, I think that would have been really nice to see. Uh, but overall, I would just much rather prefer um, the main storyline. Um, but I think that at the same time, too, like with the main storyline. Uh, I wouldn't want it to be like too action heavy to where it becomes an action game um, because it kind of already did with, with the first game. 
So like if they could improve on that where it's like there are action segments, but for the most part, it's more survival horror where you have to have like resource management and whatnot. I think that would just be a lot better. Hmm. I think that they definitely have to do a mixture of both because uh, I, I don't mind sneaking around and uh, sort of running away from enemies and sort of trying to uh, find a way to overthrow them. But the problem is, is that uh, with that section, it can become boring. So the gunplay is obviously needed. It should be standard. You shouldn't be someone that is underpowered when it comes to uh, getting through certain sections when you upgrade. So I think that both has a place in the Evil Within because uh, obviously you're rewarded for sneaking around and taking out the monsters like silently. On a Kumu mode, you're not going to be trying to run around and start a fight all the time in stealth sections because you can get killed in one hit. So I, I think both have a place in the game. It's just for the Kitman DLC, they made her a lot more frail and weak and fragile. Um, and that is not fun in my experience. So um, I do think that maybe like having you sneak around from bosses and stuff like that, um, that stuff is what shined through with the Kitman DLC. So maybe they could have levels like that where um, there's a boss, you obviously can't fight it yet. Uh, so there's a section where you sneak past it and then the ultimate payoff is the boss hunting you down and trying to kill you and you can use guns against it. Yeah, and the moral story is have it more balanced out between the two. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that would be a lot more compelling than uh, having one over the other and you have to pay for the other one with DLC. I, no, I would also kind of, kinda, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Brandon, but I would also say kind of like um, one thing too is like maybe they could reward players for like doing, taking care of like certain situations in different ways. Like you could technically stealth through certain areas, right? But then they could be like, but if you go through this act, you know, if you do uh, go through it, uh, you might miss out on like certain things if you just kind of go around and don't go through like certain areas. Whereas like if you go through the, you know, like trying to kill everything or just trying to kill certain things that are getting in the way um, and then avoiding enemies that, you know, you don't have the ammo to deal with, um, you know, maybe they can kind of balance that out where you can pick and choose your battles. Yeah, I, I kind of like what you're saying. Uh, I think risk and reward is a lot more better than trial and error. I, I can't stand trial and error gameplay where you have to die like about 80 times to say, oh, well, you have to shoot that leg. So uh, unfortunately, I wish I would have known that like prior to the 50 times that I died. Um, I know sometimes it's needed to figure out what the challenge is, but not to the point where it's oversaturated. That's what I think is one of the main problems that the Evil Within had. They had a lot of trial and error. They had a lot of um, fixed and mismatched gameplay. Um, and they were very different for the DLCs where it felt jarring, actually. I think the only challenge that they really did for the DLCs was the fact that they turned everything dark and you can't see shit. Uh, and I, I like the concept of it, but it's just... Hitman felt so underpowered, so I don't know what happened with that. I haven't played the consequence, unfortunately, so I can't tell you how I think about that, but it's a little bit better because you get weapons there, but not by much. Uh, and also you get kind of like a story revelation, which I'll kind of get into in a, in a moment. 
Okay. But yeah, I do think there needs to be more variety to the gameplay as far as that's concerned. I can't take one over the other, and I can understand the whole risk and reward feature. Yeah, so um, real quick though, um, I think a good comparison is is Revelations Two, because in that game you could you know, obviously go um more action, but you also could do stealth. Like uh, I remember in one segment when I was playing the game not too long ago, I was able to take out a group of enemies just by sneaking up behind them and just knife them. Cause it's a one shot kill. So if, I wonder if they could implement that as well. Like you can go into an area, just scope it out and stealth them. Um, but you can also just uh, go in guns blazing. Like, no, like, be strategic about it. I think if, uh, if Revelations 2 could do it, then Evil Within 2 could do it if uh, they had something you know, like that. You know, it's funny you bring up Revelations 2 because the ending of Revelations 2, or kind of the plot of Revelations 2 takes from the Evil Within. Oh, we're coming <laughs> up some on of the, that. Some of the enemies, too, are, uh, you know, very similar. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um I'll, t- I'll take number six if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, the Evil Within was going to have a crafting system that would allow players to create traps to use against the enemies. The f- this feature was removed from the official release of the game. Do you think this would have added to the combat in it anyway? Or aided the yes. combat in any way? Hmm. I mean, I would put mines and just lower enemies towards me. That would save up a lot of ammunition. Yeah, they're, so... they're, um one of the earlier uh, gameplay videos that they had, I think it was for like Euro game. Um, I think it was from Eurogamer. Um, it uh, it showcased an area where it was ki- it was kind of similar to the RE4 section where you're trapped up in the house and you were supposed to fend off enemies. I'm actually kind of gr- glad that they removed that sort of section where you have to kind of fend off the enemies because it. it uh, I'll be honest, I'm really tired of it after... I was tired of it from 5, you know, from RE5. Uh, By RE6's point, it was just way too overdone, in my opinion. But that's beside the point. Um, They they showcased uh, Sebastian uh, having the the mines. You know, the mines where you get the uh, the trap parts from to craft the uh, agony bolts? Yes. yeah, he had that, and he was able to, like, place them up the wall. I think he was even able to, like, place them on the ground, but he didn't do that. He just kind of placed them on the wall because he knew that the enemies were coming in from the windows, you know? So once they come in through the windows, th- that trap would activate. Uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting feature that they kind of didn't play along with. I think that what we got was just basic, because all you do is just, like, craft bolts... That's it. Like they could have added more to the equation. Um, I would have liked to see it instead of just like maybe it could transfer over to uh other guns. Like maybe you can craft like some flame rounds. Uh, maybe you can craft uh stuff for like your revolver. Uh, I think that would be pretty interesting because uh, as we know, hmm? you mean kind of like gun parts from like Resident Evil or like that's uh, Crafting like bullets that's like in exa- Resident Evil 3. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh Resident Evil 3, because that game had a very um unique crafting system to where you can put like so many different bullets and uh different weapons and you could turn them into enhanced handgun bullets or enhanced shotgun bullets. Um so I think that maybe if they had a crafting system where you had like a certain tool and if you kept using it, you get more stronger supplies. Um I think that awesome. would benefit in the long run. 
also running good to add on to your point, Revelations one and two, to a degree, I do have a crafting system for your weapons. And two, uh, you could create like explosive bottles or ice bottles or electric bottles. Yeah, they kind of brought it back, but it wasn't, unfortunately, it wasn't to the extent of Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that RE3 had, it was just very interesting for the time uh, when they had it, as opposed to, you know, I mean, it's cool to see it in Revelations, but it's more along the lines of you find this stuff and you put it together and you get all these uh, crazy assortments of uh, weapons. Uh, I mean, it's okay, but it's just not as interesting as finding it out yourself uh, as to what a certain part does or reading the manuals to see what kind of like handgun bullets, what kind of shotgun bullets you can make. Um, In so Revelations too, um, you do have different types of bullets, but it's more passive as a chance to um, cause that type of damage, not guaranteed. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's a percentage. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, I, I think that. Uh, so as... oh, oh, go ahead, Brandon. But... Okay, oh. well, as far as um, even within though, uh, if they have like crafting with um different, if they went the revelations route routes and it gives you like different types of crafting items for you increase the um the accuracy or the firepower or give you more ammunition, I think that will work out. You know, but that's my opinion on that. They um uh they also said that like barbed wire was supposed to be a, like a big theme of the game and it was supposed to play along with the crafting system. Oh, barbed wire traps! Now you can stun enemies. That would be awesome. Yeah, so I, I don't know what they were planning on doing with that. But that would have been really cool to like see something like that, where like you know you can have like uh maybe like barbed wire to like slow down uh some of the monsters or whatever you know. Oh shit! Maybe you can uh expand the trap system as well if they made a sequel like um. I mean, for the times you could lure the monsters there, uh, it's pretty interesting. You can skewer them, you can blow them up, you can, you know, set them on fire. Uh, I think that coming back will be very interesting as well because it's not only just the monsters that could be affected. You can also get caught up in these traps. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we're good on this one. I think we can move on. So, uh, Brandon, you want to read off number seven? Uh, yeah, sure. Is there anything from the main game, DLC chapters, or the comic that should have been a part, or at least at, or at least reference in potential, in a potential Evil Within 2 story? Uh, uh that ending, hmm. though. <laughs> yeah, with Kidman coming in, like, hey, be quiet. If you want to die, don't talk. Um... Not the so, keeper I DLC. Oh, weapon? for me, not not mm -hmm. the keeper DLC. I the keeper DLC. I feel as though should not be considered canon. Um, is it canon? I don't even know if it is considered canon. If it is considered canon, then I would say it shouldn't be considered canon. Um, What's up with that DLC? Because I only see you play it once, and I was lost. Basically, you play some dude trying to save his daughter, uh, but. <laughs> Because I, I guess the company, which is named Mobius, uh, I guess is keeping his daughter hostage or some <laughs> crap. Uh, so he goes into the stem and he be he embodies the keeper. He's the reason why the keeper is even alive in the stem, right? Um, and uh, yeah, he ends up dying at the very end. Um, I don't know. I forget that one in particular. It just I really didn't care for that one all that much, but. Um, the ending for uh, the consequence, I think it was called, um, kind of gives some revelation that uh, 
you know, Sebastian's wife who had went missing uh, is still alive uh, and she's working with Mobius, but whether she's doing that willingly or not is unknown. Uh, it's just known that she is alive. You only get, get to see a glimpse of her. So they could, if Sebastian returns, then they could expand on that story. If they do another character, that would be interesting. Uh, the comic I have not read. I really want to read read it, but I don't know shit about it, other than the fact that it's a prequel story. So, uh, other than that, that's pretty much my take. And then the main game, I guess, like, uh, just the fact that, you know, Rubik is still out there, but in Leslie's body. Because mine swapped fuckery, which, um, you said there's a, there, there's a whole thing talking about, uh, Revelations too, right? Uh, in the, uh, no, I, I just brought it up, like, as a point, because... Uh, no, I think you oh. brought it up. Um, the mind oh. swap thing, uh, I don't... Yeah, l l let me let me go into this really quick before you go. So, go ahead. Yeah, um, which, yeah, at the end of the game, uh, for the main story, um, basically you find out that uh, Ruvik has been trying to lure in Leslie close to the closest possible point of the stem or the his brain basically where he's most powerful where he can actually get a hold of leslie and they could swap minds uh and once rubik touches him it's inferred that basically uh rubik is not leslie and leslie is not so you technically the final boss you actually killed leslie and not rubik so, to a technicality, Ruvik is still alive, just in a body that hasn't been, you know, like, burnt up or, or damaged or anything. And uh, when you look at Leslie and look at, like, young Ruvik when the ghosts come up and whatnot, um, you know, they don't look too... Uh, well, they look somewhat similar. Uh, but this is where um, Revelations 2 kind of comes into play, because Revelations 2 did the same thing. Um they have Wesker and Natalia switch minds because apparently Natalia is, I don't know, like, uh, has like a special trait or whatever, uh, special genetics that allow her to do that. And she could potentially embrace like immortality and whatnot. Um, I, I don't know what the fuck they were doing with the Revelations 2 story, but it was garbage. And it was very telling that they, you know, just took straight from the plot of the evil then. Even the enemies, to an extent, with how they were just, you know, wrapped up with barbed wire and whatnot, is very, you know, very the evil within, like. So, I, in my opinion, I felt as though Revelations 2 was really just kind of, you know, ripping from, uh, you know, the evil within. Uh, mostly because the evil within was just getting a lot of praise at the time that it was coming out and whatnot. Yeah, I... Yeah, you know, Revelations 2 was more psychological horror. I mean, the yeah. main virus itself is called um, T-Bubbles, which means phobia. Phobia comes from your mind, so psyche or whatever. That game reminded me so much of Saul sometimes, to be honest. The fact that everyone is infected, everyone's going to die together, and they're fighting to get the uh, cure and all this shit. Want to play a game? The, on the only reason you should play that game is that you finally get a good game with Barry in it. Like, as much as I hate the story, at least the game overall was good. Yeah, it's like, uh, like I said, the evil within the story is just uh, kind of convoluted. There's some unanswered questions like um, 
obviously we don't know what's happening with uh Ruvik. He's in another body, but Sebastian saw him, he went away, that was it. So there's obviously going to be some continuation, and if there is, they need to go off that point of um a lot of stuff they were doing with STEM, a lot of stuff they were doing uh with their experiments, maybe continuing the stuff with Mobius because that's yet to be explained. Uh especially when Dom mentioned um Sebastian's wife, uh yeah, I think wasn't the whole premise of her being dead in Sebastian's like head. Like I haven't read all the files, but No, um what had happened was was that their child was killed, right? Mm-hmm. In in a fire. Uh and they wanted to find out who did it because there have been attacks going around all throughout the city and all throughout the um uh, the area uh what is it the the river that the city is located near uh so you know it had finally caught up to you know to them to to some degree right so their daughter was killed so not only that but uh sebastian's wife goes missing uh, i from what i remember i think she either left him or something or or something like that or she had tried to start looking for uh for answers and whatnot mm-hmm. and she just she just vanishes right sebastian you know gets depressed as fuck starts drinking smoking and and you know really just doesn't it is it, really in a bad place to the point where the uh police department that he works for does not trust him in the uh case for you know searching his wife you know they they don't trust him at all so so that leads him to doing it you know technically illegally um but uh that said uh yeah you know he doesn't know what happens to her he he's just been uh, all he knows is that as he as he's looking and as he's trying to find answers he's being followed by people that are that seem kind of shady or it just kind of seems like he's being followed as if like somebody knows that he's uh trying to look for his wife and trying to find out what happened to her they're also saying that his wife has like amnesia because she does not recognize him in the slightest. He'd explain that too because it's like what the fuck. Oh, yeah, you... and and I and yeah. I think that that's also a thing too. It's like probably what happened was that, you know, there might have been something that happened where she might have gotten kidnapped or something and, you know, she whether it be amnesia or whatever, she might have uh made a decision un unwilling not necessarily unwillingly but unknowingly. And not knowing that, you know, what she's doing is wrong or, or anything like that, only because she's in a situation where she doesn't know what's really going on or whatnot. Could have been some brainwashing, too. That's also, like, I'm just, like, glaring at the wiki because I did not play the consequence because um, I didn't buy that DLC. But uh, they're saying that they possibly brainwashed her. And that could be true because them, you know, uh, they probably have brainwashed a couple of members so you never know well i think what what had happened too with stem was that they had mentioned that uh once people get out of stem some there are some side effects to where uh people kind of feel like they're still in it Um, uh okay and i think that they kind of played along with the main main games ending too where uh you know ruvik suddenly vanishes you know but he's out of stem and whether or not they're like gonna play with play with the whole like idea of like inception where there's a stem within the stem or some bullshit like that or maybe rubik's powers are able to transfer over because he's 
discovered something within STEM within his time, you know, being hooked up to it. Uh, it, you know, who knows? But you know, I think, some interesting I think fan theories too. Like uh, people are saying that uh, it's possible that Ruvik has something to do with the fire that killed Sebastian's daughter. Oh yeah, potentially. Um, that there, you know what? There is something that I don't think anyone's ever. Uh, but there's a section early on in the game. Uh, you go into the house, uh, and there's a bunch of pictures, right? And it, um, there's a picture of a little girl that could potentially be Sebastian's daughter. But there's also a picture of uh, Sebastian in, in the downstairs basement portion. Uh, there's other pictures, like you know, posted up across uh, another character that kind of looks like Sebastian. Looks like he's wearing similar clothes, but like he's wearing like some sort of cat along with his clothes um whether that's like maybe somebody that he's related to or not it's it's unknown uh but remember ruvik um ruvik and his sister were being burned in a barn uh his sister died in the barn he was able to get out uh but you know maybe maybe his rel like sebastian's relatives are somehow connected to this or maybe sebastian himself is potentially connected to like what had happened to ruvik himself you know who knows um but I think I think the really interesting thing is is that there is potential that uh, you know Sebastian has a, a bigger role in the story than we might know. Yeah, and you know Ruvik's still around, so uh, this stuff could still be explained in the sequel. So, Mr. Brandy, you know what would be, oh, oh, would be a you. crazy plot twist. What if Ruvik was actually Sebastian's son? <laughs> Man. Uh, I don't think that's. That'd be likely just given the fact that um you know i think rubik's a lot older yeah just it'd be weird if that actually was the case Some weird I, I don't know where i have a son they test never tube, they never um <laughs> the only other thing though too the uh the, kind of like the problem i don't think they ever said what time period uh you know everything is kind of like taking place in like what time period uh Rubik was kind of like growing up into and what time period the the game is actually taking place in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you kind of see like this old in like old kind of like setting and whatnot throughout the game and that's kind of relevant but you don't really know if that's like like what time period that's in and the modern era it's kind of like well how modern are we talking about the year that the game came out in or are we talking like maybe like you know, like early two thousands, like we we don't really, like I don't the think we ever got any. <laughs> definitely not the eighties, but the time period definitely does not match up unless like Ruvik's family were hillbillies or something with the way they dress. But um, or, 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 or you know, like maybe 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 it's kind of like a custom time period where you know it's not necessarily like how we know it. It's probably a little bit different. Or it could be know. something going on with them. Yeah, that is a possibility too. Right. Well, anyway, my question is though, if you had to compare um the Evil Dead cast to the Resident Evil cast, who is who and why? My God. Um, like for okay, me, okay. So Sebastian would... is Chris and Leon, and Kidman is Jill and Ada. I agree because no stars. Kidman has the body of um Jill, but she also has the personality of Ada in a certain way. I... I would say she has more of the looks of Jill, but the body of Ada. 
Really? Because uh, you know, her and um, her and um, Jill you know, have uh, identical body type. This is how I see it. Oh, Rubik reminds me of a deformed as fuck Wesker. I mean, he teleports. <laughs> this is a thing, people. He teleports. Well, well, he does have blonde hair. And and then when he switches over to Leslie's body, it, what is it, like whitish blonde hair? Yeah, he's white. Platinum he's blonde. Pale, so, I don't know. It's like he does fucking teleport around. And he has that like deep menacing voice. So I would compare him to Wesker. Mm. Um. I'm trying to think of other people. Man, the cast was just so I, short. Uh, well, Joseph could kind of be like Barry, I guess. Or Pierce. Yeah, I will say Joseph reminds me of Pierce a lot. Like, just the way that they look. He reminds me a little bit of him. The Asian Pierce. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we're kind of wrapped up with that question. So, uh, who... Who just went? Uh, was it? I, I think it's Brendan. Okay, so why don't we have you go around? Okay, given how one of the main criticisms against The Evil Within is that it has a convoluted plot, what do you think needs to be done in order to resolve the mishaps of the first game? Um, well, like I said, well, like, like I said, that ending, uh, yeah, it's just way it continues on it just leaves a lot of unresolved questions um i i think that it's hard to follow too because there's a lot of uh flashbacks that sebastian sees um and some of them really i mean you could tell what's going on with the acting but some of them really have no context to like the timeline which don was talking about earlier so it's like the sequence of events is really just disjointed um, and I kind of would have liked some of the stuff in the files to come over to the game because again, it's that situation of, um, we didn't know Sebastian was this obsessive to finding his wife. Um, he really doesn't display it too well in the video game as opposed to the files. So I think the notes would have had a lot more relevance and significance to fleshing out his character than to just simply say, well, he acts like this, this is established. Um, but yeah, he doesn't so, characterize this, it, you know? Yeah, and, and some of the stuff, and I, I apologize to, uh, for interrupting. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm done. Like, um, some of this stuff is, like, explained in the DLC a little bit, too. Like, you, you don't... I don't think you find out that Sebastian became, like, extremely obsessive until, um, until the DLC chapter when you're going through, like, his office. And um, what it is is that you're turning the corner kind of like in uh, PT and it kind of repeats almost but instead it's like you go through the office and the office changes significantly you know like uh one minute it looks clean and the next minute you just see like a bunch of cigars and or not cigars but cigarettes you know all over his desk and whatnot to the point where they're like you know falling over the desk and whatnot it's like (laughs) it's like you you can kind of you kind of get a visual representation of um of the character based on like just one of the rooms that he's uh he's in you know Mm -hmm. um i think that uh with the story though uh one one of my issues is that there wasn't enough notes that kind of give you enough of a backstory uh for the game because like one of the things with um resident evil was that you know resident evil didn't really give you a whole lot of story 
Uh, but you can kind of infer what happened based on some of the notes. And I think if they gave you like more notes that kind of uh, were a little bit more like straightforward and kind of explain the plot a little bit more, uh, I think that would be a lot better. And then um, definitely like, like Ren was saying too, like just answering some of those questions, whether that be in like the main game or like perhaps the DLC, which they claim that the DLC was supposed to do, but the DLC kind of left more questions than answers it's something that needs to be kind of resolved um and i mean it is since bethesda is considering doing an evil within two i think it's very likely that they can fix that issue so um are we good or hello oh yeah yeah we're good i'm good i don't know about right yeah, everyone's kind of yeah i am good Alrighty, i'll take uh number nine then uh, one of the DLCs involved playing as the Keeper and slaughtering various monsters in each round. Considering how popular some of the multiplayer modes are in this era, do you think there should be a new multiplayer mode with monsters against the player while uh, keeping the horror thematic it, thematic in place? Uh, you know, that sounds a lot like uh, Agent Hunt mode from RE6, where you play as the monster and you kill a player as they're going through the game. Oh, don't remind me. Um, I don't remember how how that game mode was, because uh, I think I only played it once, and I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever played. Um, it was trash. Uh, like <laughs> the way it 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 has potential uh, monsters against players, but monsters have to be just as agile as the players. If the monster is slow as molasses and he can't move too well. If it's a regular zombie and it's like, you know, as soon as you approach the player, you get blown away. That's not fun. I would I like I would like I to think... be the monster and tear through just like everything I possibly can to have a fighting chance. Yeah, I don't think that like, like your basic enemy, I don't think would be fun to play as. But if you play like a more enhanced enemy or an enemy that uh, is tougher to fight, that would make things a lot more interesting, you know? Uh, like, say, like, you could play as a, you know, like a, a monster dog, right? Well, you already have the agility and you have, uh, you know, you have that maybe, like, running attack or whatever. So that that's something that you could use to your advantage. But maybe you have lower health, right? So stuff like that could be taken into consideration and, like, better movement speed and whatnot. Uh, but then you could maybe play as a tankier, like, monster where, you know, the movement might be a little bit slower, but your hits are a lot harder. You know, and stuff like that, I think, could could or should be taken into to account. The Keeper DLC itself, in my opinion, I felt as though it wasn't fun. Uh, mostly because it was in first... And not even because it was in first person, but mostly because the movement uh, while in first person was just kind of awkward. Uh, it just felt very slow and tanky. Very... Uh, it was very awkward to control. Uh, and I don't know if, like, having it in person would fix it or not but it was just very awkward while playing i'm sorry what was the question again and hold on it, it was about having a multiplayer mode that's like monsters against the player uh depends though if the if we're talking about like plants a keeper like that then how would it work exactly because the keeper is like slow his movement is stiff 
and he could quite easily get bodied by the players if they have like special weapons on them, like crossbow on bolts and whatnot. Maybe they can make it where the player can get certain power weapons, and at least in RE6's case, I mean, you can destroy the player's weapons, so uh, have a cooldown time where they don't come back for after a certain period. Uh, but I do agree on the slowness. I do agree on the slowness. Uh, excuse me. Um, because. I mean, I guess you can have that safe where you teleport across the map and you can sort of get to jump on some people, but I don't know. Um, that is one thing that they could do. If you get, like, damaged enough, you can get in your safe and uh, you can teleport to another area as safety. But if they do overall kill you, then maybe that'll end the round. I guess, I guess it remains to be seen. Maybe Are if they, they put... All, basically? Yeah, if they put more, like, monsters on the map... Um, along with the boss character like they did in RE, but make the monsters control well, then I see a place for it. But other than that, I mean, I don't see uh, this being balanced in the slightest because, again, this could serve some overpoweredness to either side. Yeah. Well, uh, overall, i rather see human versus human multiplayer, if that's the case. Cause I could see like more uh, entertainment factor out of that versus uh, just having a guy walking around that's possibly slow and have stiff movement and doesn't have much to him. Maybe so, like horror mode. Yeah, like a horror mode. Maybe that will work. You know, as far as cooperative. They're gonna. Around. I would say they're gonna need to. Um, like like Ren was saying earlier too. Like they're gonna really need to improve the animations though. The movement animations. You know, have to be very, uh, you know, akin to more of an action game at that point. True. Uh, I don't know. Uh, actually, I have a question. Do you yeah. think Evil Then should have a game mode as similar to Mercenaries or Raid mode? I wouldn't mind this, actually. In which variation of Mercenaries? Uh, I don't know, make, I don't know, make up your own. Because <laughs> uh, uh, all of them are different in a way, so. I don't yeah, know. because I think, like, if we were talking, like, maybe. Uh, Classic mercenaries? Like, like original, original mercenaries where, like, you gotta go save, like, civilians and whatnot. I think there's, there could be potential for something like that. Or EX Battle. Oh, yeah, or Extreme Battle would, would be a little bit better where you just kind of gotta kill everything on the stage and whatnot and then move on to the next one. Um, yeah, I don't know, like you know, like like RE four, five, and six styles of mercenary would would work. Yeah, time I think, attack. I think it could work though. Just no, it gotta be more obviously more action based. No, but if it's not gonna be action based, then I think for either maybe remote or EX battle would be or Resident Evil three mercenaries would be more ideal. I'm I'm not a big fan of raid mode honestly because raid mode is just kind of uh, it's grindy. Very yeah, grindy. I love raid mode, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I just I'm feel like it's now, very... It, it's mostly grind for the weapon, grind for the level. It's not really fun to me. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind it if it was more like, you know, mercenaries, where you gotta, like, kill as many enemies as you possibly can, and then you could get rewarded with, like, better weapons and whatnot, and swap out loadouts and stuff like that. Which I think Mercenaries 3D... Um, tried to do that with like swapping out between swapping out loadouts between characters but you know that's a, a that's another game another discussion for another time so uh who wants to take on the next question 
It's your turn, Brendo. Fans, rip. Brendo. Number 10. Oh, I think his uh, mic might be out. Uh... Want me to do it? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You want me to do it? Well, he's typing right now. I, I guess you can take it. Hold on. You'll, you'll uh, edit this. Yeah, I can, I can edit this. No problem. Let me see. I'm uh, an hour, 15 minutes. All right. So I will do this uh, in the meantime. So uh, this is number 10. Do you think there could be any concepts taken from other survival horror games to strengthen the Evil Within's core design and or influences that could aid a sequel? One of them being one of the most notable features being the monsters uh, having a meaning behind them, which was akin to Silent Hill. Um, I love the fact that the monsters have influences taken from them and backstory like Ruvik. Uh, Burnt Ruvik having a story behind him, as well as a uh, Rebone Lore. Uh, I I think that a concept that they can take from other survival horror games. Um, I'm trying to think of some Resident Evil stuff. Uh, but I I don't know for this one in particular. Like, I would love to see the pursuing enemy that we talked about earlier, where it's like not tied to just one level. The fact mm. that you have a relentless monster. Uh, could kind of keep the tension up. So that is one thing I would like to see because the nemesis, man, he really got on my fucking nerves sometimes. Uh, but I loved it in a sense because he was always hounding you. You know, the zombies were way too slow. This guy is like fast, agile. So uh, I would love to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on number 10 right now. So I would love to see a monster that is very fast and agile and evil within um, that pursues you from room to room. I want to go off of that point. Um, I think, like, the choice system from RE3 would be nice to see. Um, you know, definitely, like, the, the ammo crafting, like we talked about. Um, but I also think, like, what it should be taking from Resident Evil is, like, some of the backtracking and whatnot. Like, I know a lot of people don't like backtracking, but I feel as though backtracking kind of eliminates, like, linearity. And that was something that I kind of had a problem with when it came to the Evil Within was it felt linear, you know, and, and I really didn't like that too much. I think what they could have done is if they're going back to like the focus of like, say the mental hospital, if, if they do another mental hospital or whatnot, um, kind of focus around that where you're going through the mental hospital and you kind of see like, you know, all the fucked up shit that's going on in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get pulled into like another area because you, you triggered like a certain like puzzle or whatever. And that will take you to a new location where, that might be a little bit more linear as opposed to the uh, the hospital where the hospital you'll be kind of going back and forth through, but you'll be discovering different things and encountering new uh, and different monsters as you progress. So I think stuff like that would be a lot nicer. Yeah, I, I don't... To me personally, I don't see what's wrong with backtracking if they put in new fears and horrors to go back through. Like... I remember going back to the mansion for the first time uh, in Resident Evil 1, expecting, oh, this is going to be a breeze, and then there are fucking hunters everywhere, so... Yeah, and, and not only that, but, like, um, I know this is a completely different game, but, like, 
Devil May Cry has had backtracking, but one of the things that I really like about um, the first three games when it came to that those games backtracking as opposed to like four is that the worlds completely change. And like, I think that's something that could be applied to like the backtracking. Like, you know, you could have gone through an area, a hallway in a hospital, right? But then all of a sudden it's completely different. There might be blood all over the walls and there's a new monster that comes in. Like, like you were saying where you, when you come back, that's going to give you hell. And I think something like that would be very nice to kind of take inspiration from. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I love the whole dark world sort of aspect that was going on in DMC1 where uh, you go back and there's new enemies and the whole mansion is just covered in darkness and there's new areas to that particular place in general that you've never been to before. So um, it could pull it off. In essence, it's just how they pull it off is what's important. Yeah, uh, also, real quick, I had technical issues with my headphones, so I had to like, back out because they were like very staticky. It's fine. It's been timestamped. Yeah. All right. Um, the question was um, backtracking, right? No, number 10, we're talking about just uh, what uh, a sequel could do to take from like uh, like games like Resident Evil as far as like influences and other survival horror games that the, uh, uh, the sequel could take influence. Yeah, we diverged least... on backtracking. Okay, well, as far as, as the backtracking goes, long as it doesn't make it tedious, as long as it's Long as it's like structurally changed to make it either harder or to get your objective, or you must do like different tasks to get to that objective. That, like, and, uh, and that's what I was saying earlier was that, like, uh, you know, if you like went from different areas to the hospital where you like did certain things and then you went into like one of the new areas, right? And the new areas could be linear, but when you go back into the hospital, you know, perhaps like something is changed, like maybe there's blood splatters on the wall and there's a new enemy. Mm-hmm within the hospital or something like that. So that way it's not like, it doesn't feel like, um, and I'm sorry to throw this game under the bus as much as I like it. Devil May Cry 4 where like the backtracking, nothing was really changed, you know? So if it was more like where something is drastically changed, where you're not really certain what's going to be around the corner because of some of the slightest changes within the room, you know, I think stuff like that could, uh, you know, be very key. Yeah, I actually do agree with that. Democrat 4 didn't have like the best bad tracking as far as Dante is concerned. Because now you do go from literally point A to point B or reverse in his case. So that's not really good bad tracking with like no changes whatsoever. But um, to like back to the main question, what can it take? Uh, honestly, is does even within have like the knife as a separate weapon? No. Like no. um, as on button, nope. that's one thing they could probably admit because um, the one thing I like about Revelations one and two is that is that you don't have to aim to use a knife. You could use it just by tapping on one button like this. Mm-hmm. So for them to um, for something like that would be very you know, useful and convenient because uh, if you're out of ammo or you're trying to save ammo, just knife them away. Instead of just hard work by aiming and then knife. That and have. Does it have quick turn? Because that's something that I think a lot of horror games should have is quick turn. Does it? No, it does not. Weird. That's weird. Yeah, because it has. When I was playing Dead Space. Because that game definitely needs quick turn. Because it feels like I'm playing Resident Evil in space. I'm not gonna lie to you. It it has the one feature that RE6 has, where like if you're facing the camera behind you and then you hit the aim button, your character will you know quick turn like that. But it doesn't have like a, a actual dedicated quick turn. Um, 
what what else um you know actually one thing that they could take from silent hill um since they already kind of took uh from silent hill as far as like the enemies having like some sort of meaning behind their names and whatnot um different melee weapons would be pretty interesting like instead of like having to use a knife why can't i use like an axe or something you know as like you know resident evil 7 is doing that right that's easy to take that as well sort of sort of they they're sort of doing that, but not. I don't think on the long Silent Hill. Right. Oh, that makes sense. But uh, that's all I could think of top of my head as far as well. Uh, the health system, like having diverse healing items, or you know, status effects or whatever. I don't know. Oh, like, that's like all I was talking about of. earlier. Yes, you know, you talked about earlier, like, no, for example, red orbs, green orbs, yellow, purple. Yeah, danger, <laughs> caution, a fine, maybe some, uh, you know, if you're really injured, you're limping. Um, that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, yes. Uh, that's all, all right. top of my head. That's all, that's all I got, too. So, uh, I guess we can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Brandon, uh, I so think it's your two. turn to read. Yep. I was at 11. Yeah. Okay, what are some of the weakest elements of the first game in your eyes, and what are some of the strongest? Uh, like I said, the weakest is not using the concept, um, um, the original concept art. The strongest? Uh, uh, Julie Kidman ass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's honest. Uh, Alright, let me... I'll go really quickly because I think right. uh, I have my headline. Um, the weakest elements, uh, I think we touched over this in another question, but, you know, the aiming, really don't like it too much. I think that was one of the things that hurt the game, uh, the aiming not being that great. Uh, strongest elements, I will say the atmosphere. It looks really grimy and just nasty when you look at the environments and how some of the characters and models look, so... In terms of how a horror game is supposed to look, I think The Evil Within really captured that essence of how things can really look all fucked up um, and all just nasty and tearing down to the bone. Uh, so I think they should keep that aspect for the sequel. Just make it look as grotesque as possible. Um, for me, I would say the weakest element would have to be the... Um trying to think what would be the weakest there well we can pull from a lot but i think one thing that um we can all agree on is the fact that there's really no feeling of uncertainty like they were uh trying to like say the game was going to have uh when they were promoting it i really would have liked to have seen some of that uncertainty in the official build of the game where like you're not sure if you're in the real world or not i hope maybe they can like fix that with with uh with a sequel the strongest would have to be in my opinion the enemy designs i really really love the enemy designs in the game they just look very grotesque and messed up and i just think that um you know if they keep it up with a sequel and like go even further it would just be great all right so i think we can move on to the next question um all right there was a conflicting statement about the evil within being Shinji Mikami's last project at Tango Gameworks was, uh, was uh, I'm sorry, it being Shinji Mikami's last project. 
Tango Gameworks was apparently distraught to hear this initially. Mikami later clarified that he might change his mind as a returning director. Do you think a sequel could work with or without Mikami uh, when the team has assets of the original? Um, No. I would say Mikami has to be there at least as a supervisor, kind of like how he was with uh, Resident Evil 2. Um, where he was supervising, uh, but he had somebody else like, um, you know, say like Hideki Kamiya uh, working on the game. Uh, So I think that there is a, uh, if he were to supervise it at least, um, that would be the more important thing. Uh, But the one thing that um, I want to talk about in particular was that statement uh, because there was a, a point in time where he had talked about, and, and I don't remember where the article came from. If I can find it, I, I will link it. Uh, but he had talked about uh, potentially doing a successor to Dino Crisis and specifically uh, focusing on the concepts of Dino Crisis 3 in particular. I don't know why 3. Don't, don't ask me, ask him. But um, he said he would really want to do a successor based on Dino Crisis 3. Uh, so I think that, you know, we could see him again. I kind of hope that he comes back. If if he hasn't left already, I'm, I'm not sure if, this, if he has left. Um, but, you know, it, I just don't think that it would work without him. I think he has to have some form of uh, involvement with a sequel. Yeah, same here. I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's like um, he really should give the series a second chance. In terms of directing because I mean uh, the first game it had good concepts but it also had a lot of bad ones too um, that sort of brought down the gameplay uh, so I think if he refined that then a sequel would be absolutely incredible uh, same for the story and everything else so I don't know if he's gone all I know is that Tango Gameworks is still around because uh, we saw them have a group photo not too long ago on Bethesda stage when they were at like E3 so uh, that is the last time that we saw that group together. I don't know if Mikami was in that group photo, but that's the last time we actually saw a recent picture of all the crew and all the developers and uh, Tango Gameworks is definitely still at Bethesda. Um, so I don't know what they have cooked up or planned, but again, I think it would be akin to one of those uh, moments where remember when Kojima tried to have his team supervise uh, Metal Gear Solid Rising and it didn't work out too well without him um, yeah. I think it would be akin to that situation where uh, he could be like just sort of uh, loose and away from the team and didn't, uh, I don't mean to interrupt but didn't Kojima also say that he was going to leave at one point to focus on like book writing and whatnot? And yeah then, like, the fans said no yeah, the yeah, fans and then he didn't want to leave. And he's like, yeah, though, no, I fucking love video games so much to the point where I even said no to my fucking family. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The man has a dream. Yeah, I have a dream. <laughs> he's like, though, no, I love this shit too much to leave. So I, I think that there's always the possibility where he's like, he's considered it. Because um, I think Shinji Mikami also makes movies. So. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he probably considered it and maybe just wants to take a break from it for a while um, and then come back to it at another point. But I, I think that it would be better off for him to just kind of come back and help work on that stuff, you know? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Take a break, 
you know when your mind is rested come back and give us some crazy concepts uh like i said i i think them setting this up as a franchise um because that was also stated by mikami um it has a lot of big potential it's just how they do it that makes it interesting and compelling um but so far and we haven't heard anything else from mikami like right after that bethesda did say that the uh the game did the original game did sell well enough to uh garner a sequel yeah they said uh, so. that and rage uh as well so there's been some statements flying around too so I, I hope we can see that soon though because <laughs> it, it's been what well, it's been three years right so i mean yep. i think there's yeah, definitely been some time you know to uh you know get a sequel it, it's been enough time to have that and down with me screaming like a little girl yeah <laughs> that that my my uh my uh subscribers would only see the evil thin content for like a whole year <laughs> <laughs> or two or three depending on how long the game takes fine so i think we need to go on to the next question we got two more left yep so uh i think it's brandon right or is it run all right right one is you on this ready yeah, your turn. you are on one day's turn really I, th I thought i read the I last one the uh no i read the last one really oh, oh, hold on number 12 i read yeah, number 12, 12 I th oh yeah so it's your turn down <laughs> oh okay yeah, yeah that that works uh the evil within runs on id tech 5 uh, an engine used mostly for first-person games, specifically, uh, I think it was for Fallout and Skyrim. And, and Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Oh, Wolfenstein as well? Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to see a... Would you like to see this engine used again for a sequel or a new, a new one built from the ground up, kind of like RE7 with the Resident Evil engine? Um, I would like to go first on this one uh, because... I think the engine looks okay, but I I definitely think that, you know, now with a sequel, they can definitely do better with an engine. Like, hell, they could even go with Unreal 4 and they'd be better off. Um, but, you know, building an engine from the ground up, yeah, that could work too. Um, the thing is, though, is that uh, the way that Capcom did Resident Evil 7, they built that engine from the ground up and they were like, oh, PlayStation VR is coming out. This is a VR game now. Okay, you know, and, and I don't want it to turn out to a similar situation where it's like they make an engine and then they see some form of like hardware or whatnot, and then they're like, no, we're developing it specifically for this hardware, you know, and not and, and focusing like 95% of the development for that and the other 5% on everything else, you know. Um, so I think that if they do do a new engine from the ground up, it would be best that, uh, you know, that they have a proper focus on it like they have to focus on the quality of the game not on uh the hardware that they're making it for uh although that's not to say that they shouldn't optimize the game very well especially for the pc version because i know a lot of people did not like the the launch uh of the Vulpin on pc because it did not turn out very well uh but um if there has to be a like third-party engine that they should use um I would say probably Unreal 4 would be their best bet. Hmm. Well, I mean, 
I, I bought up the RE engine for a reason because um they tailored that whole game RE7 they tailored that all because of uh that new engine they made it all around that one so uh for it tech six I mean that is used for uh Doom and Doom looks pretty fucking incredible uh with the way it runs and everything runs at 60 FPS it looks awesome um so. I would say, yeah, as awesome as it Tech 6 would be, which is the next engine after this one, uh, they should use a completely new engine because, uh, again, the problem is the fact that Evil Within was not made for it Tech 5. Um, and, of course, yeah, it kind of... was heavily modified, too. Yeah, it was heavily modified, and it really shows with, like, how the gunplay is just not suited for it, but... I think that Doom was beautiful on it Tech 6, and I think that if they just modified the game to the point where it played amazing on Evil Within, or if they just made a new engine, uh, which would take them more time, but it would allow them to put all, you know, put everything they need in there and make it all uh, crisp and clean. I, I think that I wouldn't mind both, to be honest. It just depends on how they do it. They need to really tailor it around the game, though. Well, and that's why I said Unreal be better because it wouldn't really cost them much they just ha they would just have to pay a fee uh to you know the the owners of it yeah unreal uh, 4 is really cheap and really easy to use so i wouldn't be surprised so yeah you know it's like i and they could really just build the game however they want from that point because it's very you know easy to use and i think a lot of japanese developers were porting over to that particular engine um and i mean you know looking at like uh, since the RE engine was brought up, like the, the assets for that engine, um, when looking at it from like a PlayStation VR, yeah, a lot of some of that stuff looks very like what I would personally consider photorealistic, you know. But when you're looking at it on a monitor, I think I think it looks all right. It's not nothing too spectacular or anything like that. It's no uh, it's no empty framework on DMC4, if you know what I mean. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that it would just be better off either build a new engine from the ground up or uh, use Unreal 4. That, that's my stance. What about you, Brando? And this man is ripped. Brando! Oh. <laughs> it's the number 13 we were just doing. About to smack the shit out of some kids. <laughs> but uh mr brandon if you aren't prepared we can move on to the next one okay never mind everything's good you're good okay um yeah sorry uh i think you should use a new engine or build one from the ground up at least or use on real four because the one they're using kind of sucks because it's an outdated engine they use for Skyrim, man, you know. I think they're still using outdated engines to say with their um, newer games like Fallout 4. Well, I, I, I will say, I did bring this up earlier. They are, to be fair, they are using uh, id Tech 6 for Doom and stuff like that. But I, I don't know if they used it for anything else outside of that. All I know is that Doom looks pretty friggin' fantastic. Um, but uh, I... I, I think they could get 60 on that engine if they did use it. Wouldn't, uh, what is it, Prey 2 and then, uh, was it? Prey 2? Yeah, and I, I think. Uh, there was a, what was, a, what was the other game? I think, was it Quake or 
uh quake champions i believe yeah is, isn't that one also using it but but it seems like they're just mostly using it for games that are supposed to be in first person yeah you know what i mean and, yeah. that, and that's also the problem too if if the engine is made um for first person games it is you know heavily made for that and um you know i think that it, they would just be better off just using another engine because i think that it would just save them a lot of trouble from modifying it and whatnot to me it's just like it's all a matter of perspective uh if they make it from scratch it's going to take them time and development calls and all this stuff uh so i can see that point but at the other side of the spectrum if they use something that's already established um then that will probably cut down the development time but at the same time they have to get used to this engine and you know once you pick an engine there's no going back so uh i would not mind a new engine if it takes them the time and dedication to get it sorted as well as make the game play fantastic in this world mm -hmm. so i guess we have number 14 here this is the last one so in closing, would you recommend the first entry to others if they had the option to go cheap and pick this up? Um, of course, 20 bucks. I would certainly recommend Evil Within. It's not a bad game, but do expect some issues uh, with, like I said, the animations and the aiming. Obviously, um, the game does not look as super stellar as some of the games that is being pumped out for next year. Um, but... For what it's worth, I mean, the game is worth playing. It has, like, that element of, um, you know, suspense, and uh, it keeps you invested from start to finish. I, I just can't think of a section where the game, like, really dragged down, unless it was, of course, some of the sections that were a little bit frustrating, but um, I played it from start to finish. I loved it. I would recommend it, um, and especially the uh, unlockables at the end you get with the rocket launcher and um, the special weapons. Uh, it gives you sort of an incentive to keep playing as well as the higher difficulties. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, it's it's worth playing. Um, I don't know if you can get the pre-order DLC or not separately now. Um, the ones that gave you like the extra shotgun and then the uh, two extra bolts. Not that you would ever need them, because I kind of think that they're ass, but, you know, it's nice to have just to have it. Um, but um, I think that, like, unless if they make a Game of the Year edition, definitive edition for the game with, like, extra content, you're either better off going with the PS4 version of the game or the PC version, which can be modded and you know playing seeing that game at 60 fps with a wider fov it's just so much better so like the pc version which i haven't played but i really want to uh is highly recommended and then the ps4 version would be like second so yeah i would recommend it I, and i think the game is like dirt cheap these days so uh definitely recommended and then uh brandon what are what do you have to say as uh, closing? About you will then. Uh, is it worth picking up? Most definitely. Uh, it's not a bad game though, but I think it could have been better overall. Like I said, it's a game that in concept is better than what it is now. But now I do hope we get a sequel and whatever. <laughs> All right. Either. All right. So uh, yeah, I'm here. Um, I think we're gonna wrap off this podcast. Pretty entertaining podcast. Uh, very informative with the whole, um, you know, the screenshots of the concept art and our thoughts on the evil within. Uh, so 
I'm gonna close out here. So we're gonna do our outros. So, Mr. Bio Devil Dom, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me as Bio Devil underscore Dom on YouTube and on Twitter, and then on Twitch, it's Dom twenty four and nineteen ninety six. I swear on my life, I am working on the RE6 video. It's just taking me a little bit longer than what I had expected it to, but it, it is coming. I, I promise. Mr. Brandon, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and YouTube as Card Game Magic Problem 4. And I may be doing more gameplay videos later down the line, but on time will tell. And you can find me on Twitter at renoperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do this week for my channel in particular. I'm going to try to get something out there. I might just do more gameplay. I've been doing some Red Dead, and that's been pretty fun. So I might do either more Red Dead or Manhunt. Um, I have a video or two in the works of Manhunt. I just need to fucking complete stupid level with the hobo, but that's besides the point. So... Uh, we had some great fun here. If they talk more about the Evil Within sequel, there will definitely be podcasts on it as well as the cutting room floor for this because there's a lot of concepts that they cut out. Um, so this is the TCP signing off and hopefully you guys have a pretty scary night. See you later. Yep. Go go play the game. Support Mikami. Damn it. Yeah, go, go play all of his Mikami games. Great again. <laughs> Make Mikami great again.